Do you wish you could do a better job of engaging your fans? Have you ever thought about starting a fan club? That's what we're going to be looking at in this episode of the New Music Industry Podcast. the mic with founder and CEO of With The Band, Sarah Beth Perry. How are you today, Sarah? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. This has become an obligatory question as of late, but how have you been holding up during the pandemic? (laughs) You know, it has been um, a whirlwind to say the least. I feel like, you know, I feel like everyone was saying the past six months and now it's just been more than six months. Um, but you know, it's, I feel like we've hit some of our like high of highs, but also those low of lows. And, um, you know, it's just trying to remind yourself that there is, you know, a limit to how much you can do in a day working from home and, um, really trying to get somewhat of a work-life balance, but overall, you know, really can't complain for, um, how we're doing in the pandemic. That's good. Yeah, it really is altogether too easy to push the limits, which is exactly what I ended up doing yeah. over the course of the summer, which is why I needed a break. But it's it's good to find a sense of balance, whatever that looks like uh, mm-hmm. during these times, because it's easy to overwork for sure when oh, yeah. you, you don't have anywhere to go or anything to do necessarily. Mm-hmm. I know. I definitely struggled with that too. And I've been trying to limit myself more on you know certain times I'm not allowed to be on the computer. Because um, if you don't, you just are in front of a screen the entire time you're up. Yeah, which I'm starting to suspect isn't great for you. I've kind of gotten yeah. used to it. Other people say I'm exhausted staring at the screen that long. How do you do it? And yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just gotten used to it. But I think it's it's still good to have limits. Yeah. So your website states that there's an opportunity for artists to better engage their fan base. You won't hear any disagreements from me. But what opportunity did you see, and how did that lead you to creating with the band? Yeah. So, um, growing up, I actually grew up in Nashville. So like always knew I wanted to work Mm. within the music industry, didn't exactly know what. Um, and then as I got older, I have a younger sister and she and I became the typical fangirls of, um, you know, some of the classic boy bands. And that was really when I first got a taste of what fan engagement should be, but also what I felt like was lacking from a fan's perspective. Um, and then didn't really think too much about it until I went and, um, studied at Belmont university and was in a music business class. And you really don't realize until you really try to dive deep in the industry, how many different types of jobs there are. And so it really wasn't until that point that I realized like, wait, someone is doing fan engagement like that is someone's job out there. Um, and that's really when I realized that that's what I wanted to do. And then I went searching for this company that I thought had to be out there, had to exist to help artists better engage with their fans and was super surprised to find nothing that I thought really solved that problem in the way it should be solved. Um, And I literally just researched for a year before I started the company, really trying to figure out what is out there and really where that big gap was in the market. Yeah, I think a fan's perspective is certainly valuable. And I think there are people in this space who are now experts who basically started out promoting other bands or being uh, mm-hmm. building fan clubs or things like that for their favorite artists. So 
to me, it makes sense that uh, having that perspective going into a business like yours just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and it's just so valuable too. Um, because even everyone else on our team has been a big music fan before. And so it's just nice when you are like either DMing these fans on Instagram or, um, just really even writing a blog post, interacting with fans in any way. It's so good to know like what their mindset is and really try to, um, kind of get to their level on that, like almost a friendship type BFF thing. Um, and come from that point of view from a company. So it's been really a great background experience to have from all of our team members. Yeah. And I think many of us do start that way. I certainly started as a fan of music before I got into playing music or talking about digital marketing within the music business or anything in that capacity. And looking back, I can see that a big part of it is just interpreting or understanding culture through music. Yeah. I grew up in Japan, so I knew that mm-hmm. side of things. When I returned to Canada, I had no idea uh, who any of these artists were. I thought I might <laughs> yeah. have a better better handle on that, but I didn't. So it was it was from step one. And at the time, it was Chumbawamba and Will Smith and Scatman mm-hmm. John and stuff like that. So that was what kind of my entry point back into the, the North American music scape and eventually I went a little more obscure as as I tend to do but yeah. it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun yeah that's awesome yeah I hear you're also working on fan crews a modern fan club concept what does that look like and how does it work yeah so what we as a company had done before COVID is we created these basically fan engagement campaign. So we call them fan activations and we are creating these large fan projects and fan meetups. Um, thus far we had only done different shows in Nashville, but we are doing these arena size shows. We did one at the Jonas Brothers concert. Um, and then one for Casey Musgraves and it was her first headlining show at Mm. the arena in Nashville. And, um, we were scheduled to do different campaigns like that for different artists through the spring and summer. And then of course COVID hit. Um, and we were completely live events at that standpoint. So we kind of had to step back and really analyze, okay, how long do we think this is going to last? Um, do we kind of come up with a plan B on what we can do until we can get back to these shows? And so I had actually had some different managers and um, some heads of add digital of labels reaching out to me just saying like, Hey, sir, like we know you've done this in the past. Like what can we do with our artists now besides Instagram live stream? And I was honestly having a hard time trying to come up with ideas for them. Um, because when I was really trying to just research, I really realized how few tools there were out there mm-hmm. for artists to like in this climate, really engage with their fans besides Instagram live stream or all the, you know, the now like 10,000 other live stream platforms. Yeah. Um, and that's really where this kind of idea sparked is even, you know, me thinking about starting with the band all the way, like three years ago, I always wanted to kind of create a modern day version of a fan club because when I was younger, I was in, I feel like kind of the last few fan clubs that, Um, We're super popular and today there still are some fan clubs, but it's very much like 
older rock bands or there's some male country artists and that's really it. Um, and I just felt like there for such a, a modern time, we needed an update on this technology that has not been updated in like 20 years. And mm -hmm. so we really sat down and started researching what would a modern day fan club look like. And we really realized that in talking with artist teams, there was this association a fan club with like pre-sale tickets. Um, Cause that was, you know, like the older traditional model pay 40 bucks a year in the fan club and get pre-sale tickets. And um, we really realized we, in order to modernize that, we had to change the name and we decided to change it to fan crew. Cause we feel like that it really encompassed the new modern day era of a fandom of like, you think of the BTS fans as just like this rabid pack of fans. And we thought that fan crew really embodied that. Um, so that's what we are calling the new platform. Um, and what it does, it enables artists to create their own fan crew where they can create different membership tiers and price levels for their fans. And um, they actually get complete customization over it. So they can change everything from how many tiers they're offering and what price they're offering to what are the actual benefits they're offering their fans? So they can do things like private live streams. They can do virtual meet and greets. Um, they can do mm. like uh, early access to new music. They can really pick and choose what they want to give to their fans. And then we sit down with them and really say, okay, well, you know, how much value do you think fans see this worth? Um, whether that's like four ninety nine or nine ninety nine a month. Um, and we, made it into a monthly subscription model because if you look at you know all the other things that especially like gen z and millennials are purchasing it's very subscription model based and we felt like by doing a monthly yeah. subscription model it's not only enabling the fans to pay a lesser amount just more frequently and they it's interesting even like doing studies when we were trying to see how what pricing we could use Fans were like, oh, $4.99, like, that's no big deal. Like, that's perfect. Um, but then if they saw something that was, like, 60 bucks a year, they were like, oh, no. Like, um, But when it's priced per month, the artist can actually make, like, almost double the amount that they would on a yearly membership just mm. from the, like, psychological aspect of it, which is super interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And a couple of things by way of comment. The first is what you said about live streaming, because, yeah, there's tons of platforms and it was sort of touted that it would be the replacement for live gigs, right? Which yeah. it never really has no. become that. It's absolutely been a great supplement and some artists mm. have done well with it and YouTube artists and well-known artists. The problem is it's an equal playing field. I mean, that's the, it's the good thing about it. And it's the not so great thing about it is that yeah. right now, even the Rolling Stones are live streaming. So like, yeah. <laughs> how, how exactly are you going to compete with that? Um, and, and so I definitely hear what you're saying there. And then the other one is about, about fan clubs. And this is something I talked about as early as episode 41 of the podcast. I actually called it membership sites, but it's the same idea. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. create a membership or you can create a fan club. And I feel that's really crucial right now. I think it's a really mm -hmm. great opportunity. I think artists, if they have super fans, if not, you need to build them. But like, if you have super fans, you can get them on a subscription, just as you explained, for a fee that that would be reasonable for them, but also profitable for the artist. So I, yeah. I do think that's a really great opportunity right now. 
Thanks. Yeah. Well, and really where I saw the big gap is, you know, I do think that there are, of course, other membership platforms out there like Patreon yeah. or Memberful. Um, and I, you know, I think they have done a pretty good job of serving those like smaller indie artists um, where I've seen the real big gap where is where I really wanted to start targeting was these like medium to larger size artists. Um, mm. Because currently it's crazy to think about it, but they, the options they have are like creating a newsletter or having like a simple forum website or completely customizing their own app. And there's hmm. no in between. And so you get True. a large upfront cost or a very old technology. And that's really where I saw the, you know, the first artists where we're going to target, that's really where they are. And then we'll eventually expand to be able to offer this to smaller artists as well. But yeah, it's very interesting that so much of the technology has really not been updated in too long. Certainly not, you know, and I've started exploring like funnel building software and membership site software and things like that. And I think there's some really good ones out there. I would say that they cost something <laughs> for, yeah. for artists to even consider them. It's kind of like, hmm, do I really want to pay 200, 300 bucks a month for the software? And you have to be able to at least break even on that, mm -hmm. I think, to for most artists to even be able to justify it. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I do want to move into a series of other questions, but is there anything else you wanted to say about what you're up to with, with the band? You know, I'm just excited. I think that um, for the music industry, this has been a super tough year. And yeah. um, we really felt that in March of, you know, having to cancel these events that we were really looking forward to. Um, but, you know, I also think that we're in a better spot now of, like really having a long-term game plan on um, something that we can use both in this digital time, but then also when we go back and like we can still do these events, you know, along with these fan crews um, and really just like help them further engage their fans. So I feel like just the biggest thing is like try to look for an opportunity, even though it's, you know, hard times. I feel like there is something you can gain and, you know, in this moment. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like I, I wrote a blog post pretty recently titled How to Earn Real Money in Music. Slightly <laughs> click clickbaity, but the whole point of it was, you know, a lot of people are looking at Spotify going, I want to make, you know, yeah. six figures from Spotify. And I go like, well, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. great. But have you done the math on that? And like, yeah. how close are you to achieving that? Mm -hmm. And in many cases, the answer is nowhere, ne nowhere even yeah. near, right? It's like I have 100 monthly listeners or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, so there's like three opportunities I can think off the top of my head that you can totally earn six figures in without much of anything. In mm -hmm. some cases, without even a fan base. So yeah. <laughs> uh, like sync licensing and, and, and mm -hmm. placements, that's one anybody can yeah. do. You don't have to be amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I also said sales funnels and there's, you know, that's a growing opportunity in the music industry. And then, and then I said fan clubs. So nice. Yeah, yeah, the fan clubs definitely falls under that category for me. So, yeah, I got a series of questions to tease out your personality as well as the additional insights that would prove useful t to my listeners. The first of question course. is, yeah, first question is, what was the last YouTube video you watched? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
trying to think. The last YouTube I watched. <laughs> I gotta say, this is this is so dorky of me. I literally think it was like a tutorial on how to use one of the like softwares we use. Um, yeah. I think like fun or I guess also I now watch my church on YouTube, which is oh, yeah. a transition. That was probably the last one I watched. Well, what is your daily routine like? So I have actually been going on daily like morning walks that have been mm-hmm. super helpful in this time. Um, it, I feel like used to, I just make the excuse that I didn't have enough time to do it. And um, especially where I am in Nashville, it is getting dark at like four thirty, And so yep. if I'm not outside before I work, then I never get outside. Same and, here. Yeah. And so morning walks have been so helpful to me right now. Um, and then we usually, our team gets on and we have weekly meetings of like a whole group team, which I always enjoy. Um, and then I mainly work with two different girls and who are on our team, Mary Caitlin and Emily. And so we really hit the ground running. And, um, during the day, most of my time is usually spent towards, um, working with different artist teams. So whether that's, you know, giving them a demo of the new software or, um, really trying to figure out what's going to work best for their fan base. That's really what I spend a majority of my time doing. While I was exhausted or while I had my burnout, I didn't really walk at all, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely starting to look at it again. Cause it's the same thing here. It'll get dark pretty early. It also yeah. rains a lot. Uh, it's, it's mm-hmm. coastal, you know, Vancouver's coastal, but I don't mind. I like the rain. So I don't, I don't mind walking in the rain either. It's, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. refreshing. Yeah, it's definitely, it, it got super cold this morning, but um, it's kind of nice. You know, it is, it wakes you up, which is yeah, good. That's true. Now you won multiple awards and grant money and you were even named one of Belmont's top 100 alumni entrepreneurs. So what would you say is the biggest challenge you've overcome? Hmm. Um, I honestly think, and this is probably, you probably already know what I'm going to say, but I really feel like COVID hitting was definitely a big challenge to me personally, as well as the company. Um, because I feel like at any point that would have been the point where you're like, Oh, I just give up. Like, that's it. I'm not supposed to do this. Um, cause we were right on the cusp of, we had just had like some really great projects and we're really starting to build traction and just hit that wall of COVID. And, um, I think that it has definitely been a growing moment of learning that even when like all this crap is going on around you to just like take it one day at a time, like one tiny step forward. Um, Try not to get overwhelmed because it's easy to, you know, just let your brain go everywhere when you're not doing Mm -hmm. anything else. Um, So I really think just like trying to switch from this live events to a completely digital platform has been the biggest challenge. Yeah. And we're just about to go into second wave lockdowns as far as I know. And, you know, the original lockdown was supposed to be two weeks. And technically, I mean, let's just (laughs) say it like it is. It more or less has lasted (laughs) since March. You know, it hasn't Mm -hmm. fully opened at any point. So I hear you and and I can totally appreciate uh, the difference in in changing business models. You know, we we hear reports of musicians thinking about quitting, you know, a very high percentage right Mm -hmm. now, which is also 
unfortunate, but I guess, you know, that's why I try to bring things to light that there are still opportunities. There's still things you can do right now. Quite a few, in fact, especially now that that music is in a big way moving online. But definitely. Well, and there's like, you know, try to think of completely almost like off the wall ideas that you would have never done previously of, you know, whether that is, you know, of course, TikTok's blowing up right now. But like, mm-hmm. what are these different opportunities of you either creating like a web series or doing things that you wouldn't have had time for pre-COVID? Totally. And I mean, if people are looking for unusual outside the box uh, ideas, I mean, that's what I'm here for. That's what I do. So yeah, <laughs> go to totally. Music Entrepreneur HQ, go through the archives. You'll, you'll find lots of ideas. Yeah. And like even one of those, we at the beginning of quarantine started like an IGTV series where um, it's called Behind the Fan, and we interview super fans who from these like fan accounts on Twitter, Instagram, um, and these fan accounts have like thousands of followers. They're the you know typical fans of the like bubblegum pop people. Um, but I've honestly enjoyed it so much, and it's been a great opportunity to get to know my customer more um, yes. and get to know you know what are their habits, what are they interested in. Um, so I think, you know, you can really get some good feedback from those people who you're interacting with on these, you know, new avenues to create your fan base. Yeah, I think that's super important too. Like if you're doing lives, then definitely consider bringing your fans on or your followers on to talk to them and get their thoughts and their ideas and their opinions. I think that's a great thing for artists mm-hmm. and bu- businesses alike to do yeah of course yeah customer interviews and mm-hmm. what's the greatest victory you've experienced so far um definitely my favorite thing has been the jonas brothers event that we put on um it was about yeah. a year ago now and that was really our first super large event um, we, what we did for the event is we had 16,000 signs made that said, thank you for coming back to us on the front and on the back, it had instructions for the fan, um, to hold it up during the Jonas Brothers have a song called comeback. And I don't know how much your listeners know about the Jonas Brothers, but <laughs> it was their reunion tour. And so it was like a big deal. They hadn't, you know, played together in a long time. Um, Mm. It said they would never play together again. And they then came back on this reunion tour. And so it was a really big deal for a lot of these fans who had loved them, you know, like 10 years ago. And so that's why we really felt that, okay, like, I think this could be a super cool project to get fans involved and just to let them know, like, hey, we're launching in Nashville and just like let them know that we're here. Um, Had no idea how good that event would go. Um, I was just hoping like a few hundred people would hold the signs up. And when it happened, it was just like all you could see was white in the arena because everyone was holding the signs. And um, it ended up with like all three of the Jonas Brothers crying on stage and um, got written up by some pretty major press outlets and really just blew my mind away with what I thought we were capable of doing. Um, And it was definitely that moment that has kept me going because I have like never in my entire life felt such a feeling in that moment of like, I know that I was born to do this. 
uh, because it really was able to connect, you know, it was like 16,000 people in that arena um, was such a cool feeling to be there and see that. So there might be some artists listening going, hmm, I'd really like to collaborate with some big name, or there might even be business owners listening going, getting that big client would really boost my business. It would give me more visibility or testimonial or whatever, which in my opinion, yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But do you have any do you have any tips for people? Um, honestly, I I think first you almost kind of have to build your little street cred. And mm-hmm. the way we did that in the beginning was doing some things for free. Um, definitely make sure that you are not spending a ton of money doing these things, but you can get super creative with what you do. And like make sure that you're providing value first before you're asking for something. Um, or you have like previous success on something else before you go and ask, you know, a high level artist something like we, um, but I would also say like, don't be afraid to just ask because I would have never thought that I like cold emailed Casey Musgraves manager and got a response. And I never thought that would happen. Um, and I've learned to, after that, I have always just reached out no matter if it's, you know, like, Hey, like, I just want to get your opinion on this new software we're building or whatever. You will be really surprised how many people are willing to, you know, give you a meeting or if they don't answer your email, that's like the worst case scenario and nothing bad happens. They just don't answer. Um, so like, don't be afraid of just like putting it out there and trying. Absolutely. I think so too. I mean, I've gotten lots of interviews that way. Surely it's possible to get a lot of great opportunities that way too. I've sent my books out to various influencers. I'm not sure how much that necessarily helped the book itself, but Mm -hmm. nevertheless, you know, it's in the hands of more people than it would be otherwise. Yeah. So yes, sometimes just asking. So, I mean, you're an entrepreneur in the music business. Is there any resource that you find is lacking or that would help you on your journey to growing your business? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I really found that my, I think the biggest thing that has helped me as being an entrepreneur in general is having a community around me of other entrepreneurs and, Hmm. um, I've been super lucky. I've been involved with the Nashville Entrepreneur Center a lot. Um, When I was just starting out, just trying to figure out, like, is this even a good idea? And um, this past year, I think we started in March, I've actually been in their music accelerator program. And it's been so nice to be around other music founders, just because it is such a unique industry. Um, And I think something even bigger than our, you know, little group of like 11 people to just get to know other music founders would be awesome because they're all going through the same things. Um, whether that's, you know, trying to figure out royalties or, you know, sync or literally just having a bad day. Um, it's super awesome to just have that group of people to go to. And I think, having more of a centralized place where you can see or even like other people who could help your music startup, like different freelance graphic designers or um, 
there's so many people in the music industry who are freelance who I feel like can be super useful to startups. That would be an Mm -hmm. awesome thing to have. Wow. Yeah. That's a great idea. Absolutely. Are there any books that have helped you on your journey? Oh, I love reading. Um, (laughs) so many. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, I, I get inspired by certain ones. Um, I feel like each year the book, and this literally has nothing I feel like to do with business or music, Hmm. um, untamed by Glennon Doyle. That Hmm. was such a good book for me. She says this one quote in there that I like wrote on a sticky note has put on my mirror. Um, and it's this whole idea of like, you are put into this world to bring forth something, whether that is a family, a company, a song, like, don't be afraid to push that forward and to, um, I can't think of the word she uses, uh, but to really like push that out and don't be afraid of like being too in someone's face because like you were born to do this, like put it out there. Um, and, or the word she uses is impose, like, don't be afraid to impose your idea onto the world. And I think that was a super, pivotal book for me, um, this year. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm also reading something right now that probably wouldn't have much to do with (laughs) business or music reality, reality trans surfing steps one through five. And this is a heady book. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But at at its core, it's kind of about law of attraction and how that actually works. <laughs> mm. it, it's so funny that how, you know, we got sucked into the secret and everybody says, think positive, yeah. think positive, right? <laughs> and then, so that's the track we follow. And then we kind of like it, there's so much drop off because it didn't quite work. It worked, but it didn't quite work. And then mm-hmm. it goes much deeper, it turns yeah. out. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge believer in the like studying all the things that, you know, these top entrepreneurs and, um, like top athletes do and you'll very much see a trend and like they have a morning routine they have yeah you know they wake up pretty early they um are all like exercise pretty frequently and it, it's super interesting to really analyze those and you know putting them into practice is a different whole different thing but um yeah it's super interesting well one thing i didn't think i would get into as heavily is meditation mm. i I'd always been doing it, had been doing it for years, not kind of on and off, not, not consecutively, but you know, you, you started off doing it for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever, and you would recover some energy or you'd have an answer to a question or something like that. And I was like, okay, so that's the value of meditation, right? That's, that's about yeah. it. And then, yeah. and then I come to understand that there, there's so much more available through meditation and it really mm-hmm. depends which one, cause there, there's so many different forms. One yeah. that I came across was was Dr. Joe Dispenza's, and and his meditation is about heart and brain coherence. In other words, your heart and your brain can talk to each other through meditation, and mm. I've I've begun to experience some of the benefits and results of that. So that's it, super interesting. It, it's very interesting. I mean, depending on the day, I'll meditate for twenty minutes or eighty-five minutes now, and wow, <laughs> I don't know if I would give it up at this point. So (laughs) that's awesome though. That's like a superpower. (laughs) I guess, I guess it is. I think what, uh, I think a lot of people just kind of make it more complicated than it, than it actually is. Cause they'll be like, okay, so you're supposed to sit there and turn your thoughts off. And I said, no, let the thoughts come up, accept them, acknowledge them, Mm. love them. 
let them be. Don't try to do anything with the thoughts. And then, yeah, that's meditation. (laughs) I think there are. Yeah. I mean, I think there are forms of meditation where they tell you to shut your thoughts off, but, but that's not what I've been learning or have been trained on. Mm -hmm. No, that's incredible. I definitely need to do more of that. I like, I've been once or twice a week, I will not listen to a podcast or an audiobook Mm. like while I'm on my walk. And that has kind of become a a mini form of a meditation. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's been super nice. It's such a good way to just start the day on a nice, beautiful day outside, even if it is cold, it's sunny. And um, it just helps you remember that you know, no matter like what happens in your work life today, like the world's still going to turn, you're going to be okay. Yeah. I think I just heard this recently, but like psychologically walking is equated with progress. So each each step Mm. you take, it's like, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting to the next level. I'm, I'm I'm going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it's incredibly healthy to do. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm glad I'm doing it then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, they, I've, I've also heard walk if you can an hour a day because you need the sun and, and most of us just don't yeah. get enough sun exactly for some of the reasons we already, you already talked about. But mm-hmm. well, thanks so much for your time and generosity, Sarah. Is there anything else I should have asked? Um, I don't think so. I think we were able to cover a good amount of stuff. This was so much fun. Awesome. Yeah, it was a blast. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. We have a fast-growing library of free guides you can access in exchange for your email address at musicentrepreneurhq.com join. One such guide I will highlight now is how to make money on Spotify, which will help you maximize your streaming earnings. Yes, you will be added to my email list once you've signed up for your guide. The thing is, I have some special promotions to share with you once you're inside. And if you've been looking for answers to your music career questions, I don't think you're going to want to miss out on this. So again, find a guide that appeals to you at musicentrepreneurhq.com com slash join. This has been episode 214 of the New Music Industry Podcast. I'm David Anjouit, and I look forward to seeing you on the stages of the world. Thank you for listening. Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast.